Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Hey guys, Nick from the Pro Wrestling Podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by Suspicious Behavior Comics. Check out their series entitled Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia. When a disgruntled professional wrestler declares himself galactic champion of the universe, Earth is invaded by a planet of wrestling aliens who view it as an act of war. The issues are full of action, excitement, and even some obscure wrestling references. Check them out on Twitter at SBP underscore comics. Once again, at SBP underscore comics. And be sure to catch them on the Comixology app for Android and iOS devices. Hey guys, it's the hardcore icon, Just Incredible. I want you to listen to the best podcast in the world, Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow them on Twitter at ProWPodcast. Now that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best Pro Wrestling Podcast. That's just incredible. Check them out. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hold one. Arm drag. Whoa! This is Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two. Arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new. Mr. and Mrs. Hunter first helped you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. Hole <laughs> three. The moss-covered, three-handled family grenunzel. It's me, Austin. It's me, Austin! It was me all along, Austin! Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. Oh, hell yeah! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Mic of the World and... Cleveland, Ohio. I am your dangerously, dashingly, strikingly sexy, ever so smooth talking, ever so amazing host, Nick. And with me, as always, is Matt. Hello! Wait for it. Wrestling people! How are you, Matt? Stupendous. Stupendous? Amazing. Oh. Terrific. Oh, oh wow. I'm good. That, that's an awful lot of words. I'm actually surprised you know how to use them properly. I have a dictionary in front of me. <laughs> you live for this stuff. You just open up that dictionary. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, page 538. Stupendous. Perfect. Anyway, I'm okay. I am doing well myself. I have had a very long day from my job. However, it wasn't a bad day. It was a very good day. Came home. 
And I ate way too many carbs. I had a medium two-topping pizza from Domino's with a nice helping of chicken Alfredo pasta and a Diet Coke because why not? And my stomach feels like it is in a knot. And that is how I spent my Friday. Well, I came home. I cracked open the dictionary. (laughs) I turned it to the word perfect, and there's a picture of me right there. So I don't know. I was really hoping for a Mr. Perfect reference. But just like a woman in the bedroom, you let me down. Oh, so many jokes can be said about that. <laughs> you might have to show the Gmail's proslingpod at gmail.com. Once again, proslingpod at gmail.com. Facebook, facebook.com slash prowrestlingpod. Once again, facebook.com slash prowrestlingpod. The Twitter is at prowpodcast. Once again, at prowpodcast. Prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com. Once again, prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Anchor. Just bing us. Oh my gosh, I was going to say that same exact thing. (laughs) What's that? I I was going to say that same exact thing. Oh man, I'd say great minds think alike, but, well, you don't have a mind, so I can't really say that. Funny. So we we have a, a pretty interesting show. I don't know I don't really know how long of a show this is gonna be, quite honestly. I felt like these last two weeks in wrestling have kind of been very I don't want to say mm-hmm. lackluster, just very not so newsworthy. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's been some good matches lately. Oh, there's been a ton of great matches. Um before we actually get into our topics um, I just want to say that I think across the board, the wrestling as a whole, ever since the whole quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars started, I felt like the actual in-ring product has done wonders, like way better in my opinion. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I mean, think about it. You got wrestling on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Well, and, and the interesting thing, especially now, is that, and I mean, granted, it's and on a lesser scale, you also have shows like uh, MLW, Major League Wrestling, uh, Ring of Honor, if it's available in your area. The NWA is making a comeback. I mean, this is, it, it is, it's completely wild how much wrestling. And then you have all the Japanese and New Japan. It's, to me, it really is an exciting time. So I'm really glad that we have wrestling just stepping up all over the board. So, anyway, like I said, I'm not fully sure how much how long this episode is going to be for a good reason. But nevertheless, we, because we love you guys, are going to do our best to stretch this probably as long as what we can. But, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, well, we could always turn this into the PBW. Or, no, PBP. Okay. Do you know what PBP is? No. Pro Baseball Podcast. I'm sitting here, Nick, in the parm. Oh, my God. Watching the World Series right now, you got Houston versus Washington. Who's your pick? Um, I'm going to say Houston. I think that they still have a lot of firepower. They're obviously built for the World Series. I think Washington's going to make it a really good series. I, I don't know. How many games do you think it's going to go? Well, right now, Washington leads the series 2 nothing. Um, I don't know if you're watching the game or not, but right now, Houston is actually winning... Uh, it's three to one. Um, gonna, I kind of want to say Washington will win in, I'll say six. I'm actually going to say Houston's going to win in six. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I like, what what channel is that game? Oh, here it is. It's on Fox. 
Um, I, it, it kills me, though, because I actually like the Nationals. Um, I, I think that a lot of – they surprised a lot of people in the sense that I don't think anyone was really, I guess, expecting them, for lack of a better word, going to the World Series. But the, the fact were, that – They made it as a wild card. Yeah, exactly. And and my stream just went out perfect. But yeah, I mean, I'm I don't know. I'm very pro Houston, right? I just want to see an AL team. I just I don't like seeing NL teams win for some reason. Unless if that team is the Yankees, I will never cheer for the Yankees ever. So how about that for uh, Michael Brantley? He switches from the Indians, our team, <laughs> over to Houston and bam, World Series. World Series. <laughs> And and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's had a major injury this year. No, I don't think so. Of course, <laughs> like I don't think he had one relatively good injury-free year when he was with Cleveland. He switches teams and it's like, oh, I'm fixed. <laughs> well, last year he didn't really get hurt. I thought he did. Well, maybe not. I don't know, but. Either way, regardless, I'm pulling for Houston. Um, and also, since we're on the general subject of sports here and i know you're not going to be thrilled about it but i love the fact that basketball is back i don't care if the Cavs are are down you know 97 to 4 i'm still going to watch the game i just i love basketball in the fall there's just nothing better than it well i'm not really much of a basketball fan so i, I kind of want to switch gears real quick <laughs> Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, if if you're going to go where I think you're going to go, don't do it. Just don't do it. What did you do on Monday, Nick? I knew you were going to go there. Okay, so <laughs> I told you not to do it, and you did it. You you want you want to hear shoot on a wrestling podcast? Let, let's, let's shoot about something here. Am I annoyed at the fact that the Jets got blown out? Obviously. Losing 33 to nothing is never a good feeling. You have to understand the fact that 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 team is coming off of a high with the Dallas Cowboys victory that they had. And then what happens just one week later? They face Tom Brady and the Cheat or should I say Patriots. I don't know what to really call them. Tom Brady likes to kiss his son on the lips, and he's 12. Sorry, it's a little weird. But anyway, I feel in my gut that Sam Darnold was put in a position by the media where he was just going to flat out lose no matter what. The fact that they had him mic'd up doesn't bother me. The fact that they only pulled his goofy quotes when he says, oh, I'm seeing ghosts, instead of him actually cheering up his teammates or him actually trying to motivate them, pisses me off. And the fact that they pulled that, NFL should be ashamed that they actually aired that. They really should. And it's not even that Sam Darnold. If it was even Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield was on there and they did the same thing with him, I would be pissed. We know the Jets, we, we know obviously the Jets aren't going anywhere. Yes, we are the laughing stock of the league. Yes, but that doesn't mean that you should just keep stepping on our throats and just making us squeal. That's what I hate, and the media should be ashamed. And there's your shoot. Can I point out one thing? Go ahead. I heard uh, someone asked Aaron Rodgers about being mic'd up on the field, and they go, can't you just turn your mic off when you want to say something that you don't want to be recorded? Aaron Rodgers goes, 
Yeah, I do that all the time. And and that's fair, but I think the difference is is that Rodgers is a veteran. Okay, Sam Darnold isn't. And I, I could be wrong, but I think this actually was his first time mic'd up. I don't know if that's even true or not. It 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 could be very wrong. But I think it's just one of those things because he's new to a mic. It's not like he had that in college when he was at USC. So I think it's a, it could be very forgetful to just turn it off, especially in the heat of the moment when your adrenaline's pumping like it is in the NFL. That's fair. But either way, yes, the media should be ashamed of themselves. And for the record, I only watched till halftime, and then I had a beer. <laughs> I had a very refreshing Miller Lite, and I thought this can't get any worse. I turn on sports center later that night. And not only at the time I turned it off, they were losing 24 to nothing. I turn on sports center later that night. It was 33 to nothing. So what makes that worse is that I made a bet with someone at work. Okay. That if the jets lose by a higher margin than the Browns, I owe him $5. But if the Browns, lose by a larger margin than the Jets, he owes me $5. I made that bet with him that Monday. Tuesday, I walk in, and I look at him, and he's dying laughing, and I said, do you just want me to pay you the $5 now? <laughs> you didn't I, want to go double or nothing? Oh, no. No, I, I told him I would absolutely laugh if the Browns lost 34 to nothing, but I highly doubt that's going to happen now. <laughs> Well, it's nice to know that we could flip the script and turn this into the PBP, although it kind of turned into I guess into PSP, P- yeah, although PSP. that's trademarked. Yeah. But, yeah, hey, sometimes you just got to lighten up, you know. I mean, as much as we love wrestling, I, I th- our family in general is a huge sports family, so... You know, it, it's good to, to talk about these kind of things. And plus, there's the usual bet with Michael about... Uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Jets, whoever has a losing record, has to buy that person's lunch. We've so had this bet Michael for, want this year. We've had this bet for five or six years, and every single year I owe him lunch. I'm really getting sick and tired of it. Like I feel like I should just open a second bank account and just like chuck all of my money into it this way. <laughs> I don't even have to worry anymore. But yeah, so I'm I'm pretty much tapped out of money at this point because I bet so much on the Jets and they They've let me down a lot, but I am a true fan. I stick with the team through thick or through thin. So, all that being said, let's talk wrestling. Let's go from me being depressed to me probably getting a little bit more depressed, shall we? Okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's start with your usual 24/7 update, Matt. I need to know who has held that 24/7 title. Don't you mean who? 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 Well, Nick, it, actually, it doesn't really seem like it's really been that. It, it seems like it hasn't gotten that much attention lately. That's fair. I, I kind of feel with Crown Jewel coming up, I think it's kind of been pushed to the side a little bit. Well, not only with Crown Jewel, but you also had the draft happen over the last couple weeks. So, I guess it it's kind of predictable that like you wouldn't hear too much about it it got pushed to the back burner right however when we last left off our truth had beat tamina for it at hell in a cell since then he's lost the belt 
that's pretty much it. I mean, <laughs> he lost it to uh, one of the Singh brothers, Sunil, and that title reign actually uh, happened right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, I see what you did there. It happened in the 216. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm just glad this is a joke comedy bit title. Otherwise, I have a hard time believing that the Bollywood boys would be champions in WWE, but here we are. Well, he lost it to Sunil Singh, and then later on the night, he went for a roll-up on who he thought was a champion, but here it was his twin brother. I, I do remember seeing that. And the ref wouldn't count. Our truth is going, how come you're not counting? And that, <laughs> um, that's not the champion. <laughs> And then what he says is like, I knew there was two of them. I knew there was two of them. <laughs> Our truth is a national treasure. I mean, you you can't change my mind on that. He he makes everything that he's a part of special. Well, see now the twenty four seven champion uh, is uh, Sunil Sin. I don't know if I'm saying the name right. I I don't even know, and honestly, I don't really care. Bali Boy Number One. but uh he also competes on like 205 live which is also kind of under the nxt umbrella so i'm kind of hoping we kind of see the belt go over there for a little bit yeah and then it could mean our truth crashes a show Wins it back for the umpteenth time. I, I know it's like I don't really want to look it up right now because I feel like we do it every single time <laughs> during the twenty four seven segments. I really want to know how many reigns he's sitting at now because I'm pretty oh, he, sure. I think last time he was at yeah he was like fifteen or sixteen title reigns in or something like that. Uh, add a few more. Nineteen. Uh, add one more. So okay, so he's a oh my gosh. <laughs> He's more of a champion than Ric Flair. I never thought I'd say that, but here we are. Well, you actually said that last episode, so... I know. So, like, you can't tell me that doesn't put you in some kind of shock, saying that. I'm amazed by it. (laughs) Oh, hey, congratulations to R-Truth again and to Bolly Boy number one, as, as you called him, which I think is fairly accurate. For the 24-7 title, I'm sure we'll probably see some kind of title change or whatever uh, at Crown Jewel, you know, um, since they're Bally over. Bolly Boy 2 will win it. What's up? Bolly Boy 2 will win it. Yes. And then Bolly Boy 1 will actually beat Bolly Boy 2 for the title. That's <laughs> not just a prediction. That's a spoiler. Ooh. <laughs> I know, it's riveting stuff, right? The 24-7 title. (laughs) Riveting. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something that I think is actually very riveting, and I'm a little disappointed, and that is Finn Balor. Finn Balor, first off, to recap, for lack of a better word, Finn Balor's uh, journey through WWE. All right? He was a huge success slash mainstay in NXT. Uh, we saw the Demon King tons of times. Uh, he's won the NXT title, I believe, twice. Uh, he gets called to the main roster, and I don't want to say he was a bust. I don't think that would be proper to call Finn Balor a bust. 
Um, he just he came up to the main roster. He won the Universal title. However, during the match with Seth Rollins at, I believe it was SummerSlam 2016, and I can't believe I'm being that accurate about it, uh, Finn separated his shoulder. He had relinquished the title. Uh, from there, he kind of just floated around the mid-card scene for a long time, winning the Intercontinental title, blah, blah, blah. Um, then he just kind of faded, it seemed like, and he popped up in NXT uh, last Wednesday night. And Finn Balor has officially turned heel. I'm happy because I feel like it's the refresher that Finn needs. However, I'm a little disappointed that it happened on NXT and not on Raw or SmackDown. Do you think that eventually they'll put him back on the main roster? And that this um, is kind of like temporary? I don't know. Because if NXT was still on the network, I would say it's temporary but i kind of feel that like especially going up against aew that's i I think it's more of a permanent move for him to be in nxt i just don't know if i like that though honestly i don't think i do either (laughs) um i I mean mean, but but i get it though you know like it, it makes sense because nxt is now in the usa network so they have right. to do what they can to boost ratings and whatnot. So what better way than to have one of your biggest NXT, NXT stars ever show up on the brand and compete with them for a little bit? Right. I Personally, I would love to see a Gargano versus Finn Balor feud, which is obviously the direction that they're kind of pushing in. Uh, and I'm assuming they'll have a number one contender match uh, against Adam Cole, Bebe. And, ooh, snap, I'm watching the World Series, and that, oh, wow, he just missed the a home run. Someone from the Nationals, I'm sorry, I should probably turn this off while we're doing the podcast. But, um, anyway, yeah, I'm sure they'll probably set up some kind of match where the winner will take on Adam Cole Bebe and, you know, just kind of be done with it, for lack of a better word. I think that, in my opinion, if that's the case, I would think Finn... Oh, no, because if Am Cole's a heel, I think it would make sense if it was Gargano. And my gorgeous wife just brought me a Gatorade. I feel like I'm 12 years old and I'm in middle school. Hey! There it is. Oh, and by the way, this I mean, obviously we are on air, and I'm going to make it official now that I'm going to say maybe Tuesday, look for an AEW Full Gear show. You are more than welcome to jump on the show and give said predictions. Okay. See, I like that about your guys' marriage. She just jumps in with whatever you say, and vice versa. She says, okay. That was, yeah, because I'm not... It, it doesn't look like I'm actually getting anything. But he said he likes that about our marriage. I'm assuming he means the fact that you just roll with it. I, I don't know exactly where he was going with that. I have a closet uh, wrestling thing. Oh. Now, I like it how you guys just roll with whatever the other person says or does. <laughs> We're just like, okay, sure. <laughs> Oh, so I can go shopping tomorrow. No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look for an, an a- AEW Full Gear preview show. I'm thinking Tuesday-ish. We're kind of playing around with that. Rebecca's family's coming in. So it won't be any later than, I would say, Wednesday. But I, I would like for it probably to be Tuesday-ish. A little bit of the bubble, eh? There it is. I told Matt the uh, funny thing that happened at Sheets today. Oh, yeah? Oh, my gosh. That made my day. That was amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for the Gatorade. No problem. I highly appreciate that. 
you got to recap that story for the listeners now. I mean, I already told it, but I guess I might as well. I saw an, a guy wearing his AEW hoodie at Sheets um, as I was leaving, and I said, oh, I like your hoodie. And he said, thanks. I'm actually here to get a little bit of the bubbly. And oh, Chris Jericho reference right there. I loved it. Like, I, I, I tweeted it out, which you can find at Pro W Podcast, by the way. And I just... It, wrestling is... I always... My my go-to quote is, whenever something happens, is wrestling is weird. Which is insanely true. But for that, I changed it to wrestling is awesome. It, I mean, come on. Wrestling is awesome. Now hand me a little bit of the bubbly. How about I give you a little bit of Gatorade? No. Okay, no. I, I tried. But, so yeah, look for an AEW Full Gear show, uh, a, a preview show, which I am looking forward to. Uh, it will be right here and on all of your, your podcast players. That whatever podcast app you use, it will be there likely by Tuesday-ish. Um so, anyway, back to the topic, uh, just to kind of recap, Finn Balor turning heel, um, I think it's a good move. I really do think that it will help him, and hopefully NXT. I'm just disappointed it happened on NXT. Well, what happens if they build it for something bigger? Like, they keep him heel, eventually he makes his way back to the, I guess, quote-unquote main roster. Where he shows up on Monday Night Raw, and he's like the fourth member of the OC. I don't understand why they didn't even pair him with the OC after the draft. They needed him for NXT. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I just don't like it. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's talk about something I do like. That we talked about Finn going from our. Was he on Raw? I don't even know what show he was technically on because this whole wild card crap. Um, I want to say he was on SmackDown. Okay, well, let's just say he was on the main roster going to NXT. Let's flip the script from that to an NXT tag team going to Monday nights for Raw, and that is the Street Profits. And the Street Profits got attacked by the OC a couple weeks ago, and they said that they were going to fight fight the OC and that they were going to have a mystery partner, which we now know uh, who that mystery partner is. So during the match, uh, it was pretty much the OC versus the Street Profits. That third member didn't really show up right away, and I was a little underwhelmed, but then Kevin Owens' music hit, and he didn't really have much, I don't want to say impact, because he... You know, change the outcome of the match, but but he didn't really do much, I guess. And I was a little underwhelmed by KO helping the Street Profits. And did we lose you again? I don't know. But anyway, he came out. He kind of distracted the Street or uh, the OC, and that essentially had Montez Ford, I believe it was, uh, take down Luke Gallows. Was it? I, I can't fully remember. Uh, it's Friday, that was on a Monday and whatever, but regardless, K.O. was the Street Profits' quote-unquote partner, and essentially he continued his feud with AJ Styles. And I like it, but I also 
don't, but that's because I feel like they could have had Kevin Owens actually more in the match, which would have made sense, as opposed to just kind of being there, which is what I felt KO was. Like, he was just there. He didn't... He didn't really do much to get involved and to help the Street Profits. Even after the match, Street Profits were celebrating without Kevin Owens. So There was a, a point in the match to where I thought he could came down and got up on the ring apron taken the tag. Something. There was a point where I could see that happening because at the time, the Street Profits, they were getting beat pretty good. I'm like, okay, this is the part where their mystery guy comes out. Which, right. I'll give WWE credit, I had no idea it was going to be Kevin Owens. So, when I was live-tweeting Monday Night Raw, and I asked who everyone thought the mystery poem was going to be, overwhelmingly, people said Kevin Owens. And I'm, I'm thinking, how, like, that feud is dead. Why would you, and sure, like, I I was surprised, honestly. I was assuming it was an NXT call-up, maybe like a Matt Riddle, but... See, I was expecting a John Morrison. That was another person I was expecting, uh, because we said, I don't think it was the last edition, maybe it was two podcasts ago, we mentioned how John Morrison had re-signed with the WWE. Um, Still a little shocked that he hasn't been used yet. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, too. I figured with the draft, he would be like a draft pick or something. Right. But... I for sure thought that he was going to be the the third guy because, you know, John Morrison, he brings the smoke. I just, I, I just don't know about you sometimes. I really don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're talking about Kevin Owens because he was the mystery guy. Um, I do have a prediction about Crown Jewel that involves Kevin Owens. Now, real quick before you say, I just want to make mention, as usual with our Saudi shows, we don't cover the Saudi shows. I I feel very strongly that WWE shouldn't even be over there, but, you know, that's to each their own. So because of that reason, yes, I am that guy. We protest the Saudi shows. But go ahead with your prediction. They're going to have a battle royal to determine who's going to face AJ Styles later that night for the U.S. belt. So after all that took place... I'm predicting Kevin Owens will win the Battle Royal and face AJ Styles for the belt. Are they no, I'm are they legit having that Battle Royal? Yeah. Okay. I think in that Battle Royal, what if John Morrison came out during that? I just I would like to think they would save it for a bigger event. And I, I agree with you number 1, but my closest comparison is look when they did the, the biggest Battle Royal, Greatest Royal Rumble, and they had, I know it was one-offs, but they had, like, I think Hurricane was one, I think, Hornswoggle was another one. I was one. What's up? I was one. No, you really weren't, actually. I don't think you can point Saudi Arabia out on a map. I could find it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Siri, can you tell me where Saudi Arabia is? That's by exactly what I would do. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about a WWE superstar who is, I guess, quote-unquote, teasing an AEW debut. And it's it's not even, like, a minor superstar. It's actually someone 
really huge. I believe a 13-time world champion, and that is one of your favorites, the Apex Predator himself, Randy Orton. Now, how this basically came about was that the Revival posted on Twitter and Instagram this picture of them with Randy Orton saying, you know, thank you, we'll do this again with you, and blah, 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 because the draft being the draft splits people apart. And Randy Orton just simply replied, 2020. Now, why would he ever write the year 2020 on that? Because I don't know. Next, please do explain. Well, how about the fact that the Revival's contracts are up in 2020, as well as Randy Orton's? However, it is, I believe from what I read, expected that WWE has offered Randy Orton a contract. Um, and I'm sure they probably have slash will with the Revival, I would assume. But I just, a lot of people are speculating, oh, he's talking to AEW and... Is it possible he's using that as leverage? No. In no way is Randy Orton using that as leverage. He could be trying to get more money. Because right now, Vince McMahon, his money's going in all different directions with the XFL. Um, He's using it to ensure that his talent doesn't go to AEW. So, I mean, he, Randy Orton could get paid pretty good not to go to AEW and to stay with WWE. I would think, regardless, though, Randy Orton would probably get paid handsomely. I mean, he's I, Randy's at that stage now to where he doesn't need to work a full schedule. I'm not saying like he's a full-blown part-timer, but he's a very reduced worker right now. And rightfully so, he deserves it. I just don't feel like with everything he's done, WWE's going to say, well, we're going to give you this contract to prevent you from going to AEW. I think it's more or less, well, you know, you're obviously needed here, so we're going to give you a decent contract. I would assume that would be more of their angle, but who knows? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But would you, I think I know the answer to this, but would you like to see Orton in AEW? Okay, I'm I, I'm assuming our technical difficulties are starting, but regardless, I would love to see Orton in AEW, but I kind of feel like the circumstance has to be right. I kind of feel like he should be a part-timer if he did go to AEW. Um, you, just, you have too much talent there. You have between him and Jericho and Hager... Um, the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny and like it, it's so flooded right now in AEW, which is shocking because they're so new. But I think that if Randy was to go there, he would have to be 100% a part timer. Um, I think even I, WWE he should be a part timer. I actually kind of disagree with that part timer thing. Okay. I think if he goes to AEW, he's going there. To be on top. I'm not saying he wouldn't be on top. It's just I think his schedule would just be far reduced. Yeah, but don't the AEW guys have a lighter schedule already? They do, but and my best example is Jake Hager because he has a reduced schedule to begin with because of his UFC fighting. Like he, it's like he's one of those special cases, which I kind of feel is what Randy would be. It, like, you already have reduced schedule, but might even be reduced even more because of X, Y, and Z. 
So, but why would he want a reduced schedule, though? Well, <laughs> I mean, because I mean, it, it, it's you, back in the day, Ted Turner was given loads of cash to guys, and some of those guys were nearing the end of their careers, so they weren't being used as much. It's the same thing with Orton. You know, I, I mean, he's thirty-nine. I, I don't know how much more he has. In the tank, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has ten more years to to offer. I don't know. I, I but, would definitely think that Randy Arn would be on the ten years left side of things. I, I mean, would say less than ten, but uh, who knows? He's in great shape, and you know, guys are lasting longer and longer in the wrestling business. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I just—is it just me, or do we see less of Orton now as it is? It, it seems like he is kind of a part timer right now, at least in my opinion. I mean, but how much is that because he gets injured, though? But, well, but that's—and that's exactly my point, though. That's why I think he would have less than ten years is because of the injuries. I don't know. I just don't know because, like, when it comes to injuries, there's so much. There's so much more that doctors can do for an athlete these days. Yeah, that's very true. It's not like the 80s where it's like, oh, you have a broken nose. Let me just, you know, turn it in place. It's, mm. it's nothing like that now. All right. Well, outside of like Randy Orton, are there any other WWE superstars you could see potentially eventually moving to AEW? Absolutely. I can think of three names right off the top of my head. You ready okay. for them? Go. One One will absolutely shock you, and I'm going to start with that one. Ali. I say Ali because he's someone that, yes, WWE is featuring, but I think he's also one of those guys who I would imagine would have to be frustrated backstage because of how much he constantly loses. And... You can't tell me his style wouldn't blend perfectly with what they're doing in AEW. He's young, he's hungry, he's fast, he's agile. I mean, I can only imagine the kind of matches he would have with Kenny Omega. See, AEW has a certain type of wrestling they'd like to have on their shows. And Ali fits that to a T. Exactly. Um, My second name, because I said I had three, my second name, and this should be a no-brainer. I don't think it's going to happen. But it would be AJ Styles. You know, AJ's obviously friends with the Bucks, with Cody and Kenny. Um, Maybe if he had like a year or two left in the tank, maybe he'd do it just to kind of get people over, I suppose. Um, But he did just resign with WWE, so he's not going anywhere. Um, How would you feel about that one before I say my last one? I... Kind of disagree because I think he wants to end everything in WWE. I think that was like his starting goal. So he kind of like sees that and he wants to uh, complete his goal. That's fair. That's, That's very fair. And my last name, and this will probably shock you as well, Brock Lesnar. I think that for for one reason, one reason only. Well, two reasons. What is Brock known for now in WWE? Uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? A light schedule. 
He loves barely showing up and getting paid by the truckload. You know who has a ton of money, Matt? The Khan family. They have billions upon billions of dollars. And he would be working a light schedule at the AEW. You can't tell me that doesn't look appealing to Brock. It would be a light schedule, but I don't think it'll be as light as what WWE could give him. Oh, I think it would in a heartbeat. They're giving Jack, Jake Hager time off for MMA fights. If Brock wants to go back to do MMA or even sit at home in his little cabin in the middle of the woods with his rifles and shotguns, you know, I, I would have a hard time believing that AEW wouldn't allow him to do that. I don't know about that, Nick. I mean, because at the end of the day, AEW is a company. And what does every company want to get? Money. That is so wrong, because well, obviously they're a company, and they want to get money, but what about WWE? He's barely showing up for them as it is. I mean, outside the stuff with Kane, this is the most he's ever shown up for WWE ever since 2002. That's because WWE knows how to use that light schedule to their advantage, so that when Brock Lesnar does just randomly show up, it's like jaw-dropping. It's must-see. Well, I and I will agree there. For everyone that complains about how much Brock shows up, <laughs> first off, Brock really is an attraction. I don't think anyone's going to deny that. You know, crossover athlete, check. Multiple-time champion, check. I think Brock put himself in a position to where he's, he's a lot smarter than what people give him credit for. He's He put himself in a position to where he knows that he doesn't have to work a hard schedule. He knows that he can get paid by the truckload. He knows all of that. And Why not do it? But, like, he's getting all that right now in WWE. If you're getting all that, why would you leave? For more of it. If you, if, if, let's say, hypothetically, Lesnar's contract expired tomorrow, okay? And the Khan family approached him and saying, hey, Brock, we'll give you an even lighter schedule than what you have now. Oh, and by the way, we're going to pay you double what you're making in WWE. You can't tell me he wouldn't take that deal. Uh, I, I just don't know if he would or not. Okay, let me ask you one more hypothetical. If your worker, say it doesn't even matter, anywhere you work, they come up to you and say, hey, how about you show up six days out of the year, and by the way, we're going to pay you millions and millions of dollars. You wouldn't do it? Well, that's, that's different. Because <laughs> I'm poor and need the money. I got a kid on the way. <laughs> so you're just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what happened to that fundraiser thing that we set up? Oh, <laughs> Are you, oh, oh, crap, I can't think of the name of it now. Oh, man, that's going to bug me. The Help a Brother Out Fund or whatever? The Matt Federico and the Brand New Car Foundation. <laughs> yeah. I should set up a GoFundMe. We need to make that thing. <laughs> okay, so who would be your list of WWE names in AEW that you want to see? Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil? Yeah. I think WWE doesn't really use him that much. 
I mean, who's to say that AEW doesn't go out and sign a free agent? Like, um, I'm forgetting the guy's name, the other half of primetime players. Uh, Darren Young. Darren Young. Why can't they make that happen? They're trying to kick off this tag team division. Which they're doing amazing at. Right. So I think it would make sense. Oh, okay. All right. That that came out of left field, but it actually makes sense. So I'll, I'll give you that. Is there anyone else? Uh, Natalia. Ooh, that would be a good one. I mean, you already got Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. They represent a wrestling family, a legacy kind of thing. Uh, you can almost do the same with Natalia because she has that wrestling family. That'd be a little interesting. Can you imagine seeing her going up against uh, Britt Baker or Rio? I think she would have an amazing match against Britt Baker. Britt is a very brawler-esque type, but she uses technical moves. I think her style would complement Natty's very well, actually. And for my last one, uh, it's another left field name. Okay. Because I'm thinking of a couple different names right now. Like, see, the thing is, is that we could go with the obvious ones of, like, people who are fed up, like the Revival. I'm assuming Randy Orton is. And I, I saw on Twitter that apparently Shinsuke was, was fed up with WWE as well. What about Kalisto? Um, because he can kind of fly around the ring a little bit, kind of reminds you a little bit of AEW style. Yeah, man, that's, that's kind of a toss up for me. I, I can, I, I see what you're saying and I definitely agree with it, but I don't know how much he would really be pushed. I don't know. See, this is where I think AEW, they, they need that mid card title in my opinion. You know, like you have the the world title, you have the tag titles and the women's title. I think you you need one more, and that would be an undercard championship. If that was the case, I could see Kalisto in AEW, no questions asked. See, I think it's more AEW needs to have the right creative people in place. Yeah, I uh. I, I, I can see that. Um, but real quick, so I asked on Twitter if anyone had any wrestling hot takes, drop them below. Now, I only got a couple responses. I, I, did, I will admit I did kind of do it at a funky time, which is probably why I didn't get a whole lot of feedback. But one, I, I, it would, I would have to assume is a troll hot take because there's no way this is real. Uh, the first one was from Jonathan Mitchell at John underscore Mitchell three, who said, no way Jose should be world champion, which I feel has to be a joke. Yeah, no way Jose, that happens. You need to stop with the puns right now. I like them. Um, <laughs> and the second one is actually from another podcast, and why not? We'll plug them. Three Count Thursday at Three Count Thursday on Twitter said, AEW isn't really that much different production and show style-wise than WWE. NXT and NWA Power are true alternatives. And I disagree with that. 
I, I have to disagree with that. The first part of that, AEW isn't that much different in terms of production show style. I think we both disagree with. Yeah, because yes. WWE, every show, there's it starts off the same. You got some guy coming down to the ring, grabbing a mic, and spending 15, 20 minutes talking about whatever. AEW, they go right into the wrestling. They try and get the crowd involved, get them going. Uh, Production-wise, you can tell it's different camera angles. AEW, they'll focus in more on like the audience if something big happens. They, WWE they, is just now trying to get to that. Yeah, and I mentioned that on the podcast two weeks ago. Was that it's it's funny to me because AEW started doing that, and then WWE starts doing it. it to me, I I feel like you really need to stand out, and AEW is doing pretty much everything WWE isn't right now. And I told Rebecca the other night that it feels weird because for the first time, WWE isn't my favorite promotion anymore. Now I feel like it's AEW. I'm not quite there yet, but so far I am entertained by AEW. And, um, you know, we'll see what they can do. Yeah, well... And the last part of, of the response, NXT and NWA Power are true alternatives. I feel, I, I think that that's fair to say with NXT, uh, like if you're talking about the actual production, NXT is far different than a regular Raw or SmackDown, and it's very much similar to AEW in that sense. So I do agree there. NWA Power is essentially, I don't know if you've seen NWA Power or not, I've only seen clips here and there. Um, it's basically like the old school NWA tapings, the way it's set up. Do you think over time the production value, I mean, may already be there now, but do you think it overtakes WWE? Uh, AEW's? Yeah. I think in a sense it kind of already has. Um, it still needs work, but they're, see, I don't know. They're doing things right now that are phenomenal. And then things that are not phenomenal. There's there's a lot of people out there, and I just want to clear this up because from from what I've read from the fans of the show and everything, they all kind of I don't want to say I don't know how to really put this, but they love everything AEW's doing. I'm kind of like I love most of what they're doing. They are still doing things wrong. Um, from a production standpoint, I think AEW's blowing WWE out of the water. They're their set is a very simple stage. Uh, WWE's are these weird slide things on Raw, and SmackDown looks okay. I mean, I just feel like, I, I don't know, I like the simpler sets, and I feel like that's what they're doing with AEW. Um, AEW runs smaller venues because they know that, honestly, I don't realistically, I don't think they can fill up the Rack and Mortgage Fieldhouse here in Cleveland. You know, um, from a production standpoint, I think AEW is beating WWE, but I feel like WWE is beating AEW in terms of highlighting their women's division. That's yeah, my biggest gripe with AEW. Yeah, they don't really push the women a whole lot, except for me, a couple names. Um, so when AEW first got their TV deal. Mm-hmm. I told myself, give it a few weeks, see how it is, and kind of go from there. Because after a few weeks, it's 
All right, the first few weeks, that's a honeymoon, uh, oh, honeymoon phase. Absolutely. Everyone's tuning in. You got to see it. And everyone's like, oh, it's good. It's great. It's this. It's that. But, like, after about three weeks or so, that's when you start seeing things kind of go back to normal. And I just seen this headline. I, I didn't click on the link or anything. But the headline said, NXT and AEW both lose fans to the World Series, uh, meaning the viewership went down because right. the World Series was on. So if you're still in that honeymoon phase, are you going to watch AEW, NXT, or the World Series? You're going to pick one of the wrestling things. But now that it's been a few weeks... Everyone's kind of like, oh, let's check out this game. You know, Washington's on top. Houston's winning this game. I don't know. I mean, I, I will admit, I watch most of the wrestling when it when it airs live. And that night in particular, I was flipping between the World Series and AEW. Uh, at one point, I turned on NXT, and honestly, I got bored out of my mind watching NXT. And that's the thing. I haven't tried watching NXT because I'm used to how it was on the network. And back then, I didn't even watch it then. So I can't imagine too much has changed to get me to watch it. I, I don't know. I feel like from what I've seen them on USA, it's it's been very match quality wise. It, like the matches are still great don't get me wrong but i feel like they were way better on the network for some reason i don't know it's just something is off a little bit about it um i don't know like i find myself like i tend to sit down and say to myself well i'll just watch with whatever hooks me whether if that's AEW or nxt and most nights it's at pretty much every single night it, it's been AEW. so i don't know i mean we'll see um I, I hope uh, I don't know. I, I just I hope that both shows really uh, find their footing in the in the wars because like you said, the honeymoon moon phase is just about worn off. So we'll see how it goes. Um, keeping things on the AEW side, however, a legend returned or Hall of Famer, I should say, returned to TNT. The last time he was there was in 2001, and that was it's me, it's me. It's DDP. Now, I know that we we talked about this off air. You said you didn't watch it live, or you didn't watch it at all because you know you you're, you're a busy guy. Uh, yeah, it kind of slipped my mind that I didn't have it set to record, and I was talking about the somebody at work, and it just dawned on me. I'm like, oh, I never set my DVR to record <laughs> it, so. I did watch the previous week, and I've watched every other episode that's been on uh, TNT, so I am very familiar with it. Um, I had to read the results to see what happened, and the segment you're referring to, DDP, like, I was reading the what happened during the segment, and I'm like, oh, I wish I watched this episode. Let me tell you, like, I'm usually not a fan of brawling, like, on the concourse level and stuff, but AEW made that entertaining because they had a couple different spots in that whole thing that was, was great. 
Um, I heard something about dipping dots. Okay, uh, and I'm going to get to that. Um, so originally, uh, the inner circle were in one of the luxury suites, and Cody came out and he started kind of promo on them. Jericho interrupts. Um, well, yeah, Cody's, they're having the bubbly. Yeah, a little bit of bubbly. So Cody said, you know, I'm not, or he said, this isn't the old company we used to work for. There's no invisible barricade. I can come up there if I want to. And Cody starts what? making, what's can, up? Can I just say real quick, that's starting to become a pet peeve of mine. My, me too. From the other company. They've, they've mentioned that quite a bit, even though they say, oh, we're not in competition with WWE. If, if you feel like you're not in competition, why are you doing that? Exactly. I mean, come on. Like, Jericho made a couple references about their creative and stuff, and it's like, it, it's getting old. Like, to me, that's 2006 TNA all over again. Just stop. Anyway, so Cody starts making his way towards like, into the crowd, uh, and I believe the first one to come out was Dustin, and... Yeah, that's what I read. Okay, and Jericho said, okay, you idiot, there's still four of us and two of you. Jake Hager wasn't there, he was training for an MMA fight, so it was Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and, uh, LAX. So, uh, Cody kind of stopped, you know, he's doing his thing, and next you know, MJF comes out. And Jericho delivered line of the night. I was drinking some milk, and I honestly almost spat it up when he said this. As MJF is coming out, Jericho looks at him and says, um, Look at this idiot. He's wearing a scarf. Hey, loser, no one wears a scarf. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> you were just wearing a scarf a few years ago. It was Wasn't just, he wearing one last week? I think he was. Like, Jericho... Jericho, I love Jericho because, like, he's Mr. Ego on TV, but he has these very few moments to where he's kind of, like, old and senile a little bit. I, I love it. It's it's great. <laughs> it's such a Jericho-esque thing to say, too. It really is. Jericho's always been good on the mic like that. Uh, he's so quick-witted. I, I don't know who I love more on the mic, by the way, him or The Rock. It's always been tough. But... So MJF comes out, and then the final one was DDP, which shocked me, and I was in total disbelief. Um, so they eventually get up there uh, to the luxury suite. Uh, I believe it was Cody. He took MJF's scarf, and he punched through the cheaply made glass of this luxury suite, which obviously I'm sure they took out the original panel and whatever, but... So they go in there. They all start brawling. DDP was barely even seen after that. I, I don't know what he was doing. They didn't really show him a lot. Probably um, yoga. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So as they're all brawling, um, eventually they work their way into the concourse level. And <laughs> Cody has, I don't know who it was. I want to say Sammy Guevara. I don't know. Uh he takes him over by this dip and dot stand and he literally just smashes his face right into a bowl of dip and dots. And JR on commentary is selling this as if Mick Foley is jumping off a hell in a cell. And I, <laughs> you just I can lose hear it. JR calling this right now. Oh my God. He just got slammed right through a dip and dot. 
that's actually very similar to what he said. <laughs> and and Tony Schiavone, like very unenthusiastically, goes, "Oh no, not the Dippin' Dots." It was basically Tony Schiavone just like, "How? What do you expect me to say, Jr.? Come on, <laughs> I'm not gonna sell this. This is yeah. stupid." Yeah, so that was that. That absolutely made my night. So anyway, DDP returns to wrestling. Um, don't know exactly if it's going to pay out to anything. Um, maybe, um, maybe he'll be a manager for this new uh, shoe and stable of Cody and Dustin and MJF. I don't know. Um, it was so cool think, to see him. Do you think he could end up wrestling? If he did, I, I thought about this. It would probably be a one-off, and it probably wouldn't even be that long of a match because I would assume his back is probably still not 100%. Yeah, I can agree to that. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be against Or maybe he'll they'll do some kind of, like, six-man or eight-man tag match where he's not really active in it. Yeah, I can see that happening a little bit. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy DDP's back in some way. <sighs> All right. So talking, and we got one more thing about AEW, and that is their tag team championship tournament coming to an end. Uh, the finals will be, and I don't have in front of me. I believe it's going to be the Lucha Bros versus SCU. SCU. Okay, I wasn't fully sure if it was SCU or not. So these no. tag matches throughout the tournament. What have been your thoughts on them? Wow. <laughs> Before we get into like the action, um, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but the Rock and Roll Express will actually appear on Dynamite uh, next week to uh, crown the world tag team champions. Yes, they will. And Michael has actually met Ricky Morton a couple times, actually. And he wore Ricky Morton's Hall of Fame ring. Yeah, I remember that. That was a fun night. That was at Mega Championship Wrestling. Shout out to Mega Championship Wrestling, obviously, our boys. Um, yeah, that, that that's awesome in its own. Um, I, I, it's weird because someone pointed out on Twitter that apparently – Rock and Roll Express are the NWA Tag Team Champions. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was just about ready to tell you that. How cool is that, that they're in another promotion as the champions? So do you think they're going to come out with the NWA Championships? Well, actually, I was going to say, how sad is that that your top tag team is the Rock and Roll Express? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's very true. I guess that says a lot about the NWA's tag team division right now but i think that's really cool that they're coming out there with being the champions and everything yeah i mean it's possible they have some kind of deal with the with the nwa yeah i mean so anyway the finals being lucha bros and scu uh Private Party defeated the Young Bucks in a very surprising fashion in the first round. That match was phenomenal in its own right, which I think might have even been my favorite match of the whole uh, tournament. Although I will say that Private Party versus uh, Lucha Bros was phenomenal this week on AEW. 
are you surprised that the finals has came down to the Lucha Brothers and SCU? Um, a little bit. I mean, I, I, I think, I think Lucha Bros being there doesn't surprise me, but I think SCU does. I love SCU. I think they're probably outside the Young Bucks, my favorite tag team in AEW. Um, so I was a little shocked at that, but you know, good for. Christopher Daniels and Kaz and Scorpio Sky, for that matter. I mean, all of them have worked their tails off. And what did you think about it when uh, the Lucha Brothers attacked Christopher uh, Daniels? Christopher Daniels, and then they had uh, Scorpio Sky wrestle. And did he have one shoe on or no shoes on? No shoes. That's right, because the crowd started chanting about it. And like during the match, someone had threw his shoes in. And the referee kicked him out of the ring. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a douchey thing to do, <laughs> kicking someone's shoes out. Um, yeah, I, I like it. You know, it's a on-the-spot kind of decision thing, and it, it worked, you know. That pile driver delivered to Christopher Daniels looked scary as hell. Um, I'm glad to see that it was all kayfabe that he got hurt. You know, so shout out to him and Pentagon. I believe it was Pentagon that gave him that pile driver. Okay, so I didn't see this past show. Okay. As we, we've talked about already. Right. Um, who wrestled for SCU? Are they still selling the injury, or what's going on with that? Well, that's what happened on this week's show was Christopher Daniels getting hurt. So it was uh, Scorpio Sky and Kaz. Do, do, do they still call him Kaz, or is it just Frankie Kazarian? Like, I know him as Kaz from TNA. It's Frankie Kazarian. But, like, two weeks ago is when Daniels got attacked. So I was wondering if um, the next round, if Scorpio Sky continued to team with Frankie with Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, he, yeah, he teamed with him. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I... My pick, I think it'll be the Lucha Bros all the way. Um, I think SCU's Cinderella story is going to come to an end, unfortunately. I'm going to go SCU. Um, they're talented. You got Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. They're like the veteran guys. And then you got Scorpio Sky, who's like the young upcomer. I think it'll be good for Scorpio Sky's career anyways. Right. I- I'm surprised that all right, my pick to win it originally was the Young Bucks. I think that was everyone's pick, you know? Like, I felt like that was the safe bet. And then after they lost to Private Party, I'm like, oh, well, Private Party, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> well, and, and that's that's very brilliant booking by AEW. To, it is. To, because that, that's what makes a great storyteller, is the fact that and it's not just in wrestling, it's in fiction in general, where it's like you think, like, oh, I know what's going to happen, but nope, they throw you that curveball. You know, it's all about throwing the curveball at the right time, just like in baseball, and I felt like AW storytelling here was perfect with this tag team tournament. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, and also, by the way, and I got to make mention of this, I don't know if you've seen this or not, so after AEW went off the air, um... There was a fan, a little kid, maybe like 10 years old or so in the crowd, dressed up like Orange Cassidy. He had the blue denim jacket on, sunglasses. Kid was freaking adorable. So after the show, Cody grabs the microphone. He's in the ring with the Young Bucks, 
and I want to say Kenny, but I could be wrong. And Cody goes, you know, we've been doing this a long time, and uh, I just want to say I see this little boy right here in the crowd, and he gets out of the ring, and he actually picks up the kid, brings him over the guardrail, and brings him in the ring. And the kid is doing Orange Cassie's mannerisms down to a T. He's giving the thumbs up. He's putting the hands in the pocket. And Cody said, you know, I don't know how this is going to affect my match at full gear. but And then he drops the microphone and drops down on the ground. And MJF goes up to the kid and says, you better not pin him. Don't pin him. And all this other stuff. And the kid just gets right on top and pins Cody one, two, three in the ring. <laughs> And they bring the kid back over to, to his parents, and uh, I believe it was Nick Jackson of the Young Books grabs the mic and says, you know, you did have a title match with Jericho at full gear. Does this count on your record? Does he get the title shot now? <laughs> and and Cody said, I guess I'm sending the kid tickets to full gear now. <laughs> so it was, it, it was a funny segment. I, I loved it. That's what I like about wrestling is when they can break kayfabe and do that kind of thing. Right. It it, it just it, it makes for a good time when they do stuff like that. It, it might not happen often, but when it does happen, it's it's great. Right. All right. So you ready for the final thing on our list? And we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it. Um, Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff has gotten fired from being the head of creative on SmackDown. Um, I don't know if I'm fully shocked by this. I guess I am to, to some degree. Um, what are your thoughts on Eric Bischoff? First, before we get into that, um, so what happened was Eric Bischoff essentially, uh, the, the word backstage is that he got fired because he wasn't really interacting with the superstars. He kind of was just sitting around and he was actually watching a lot of the show from catering uh, he, he didn't really seem like he wanted to fully be there. Um, and so that is why his replacement is now Bruce Pritchard, a longtime confidant of the McMahons, stepping right into the mix. Um, what are your thoughts about Eric Bischoff in general and from him getting this position to now being fired? Well, you got to keep in mind why they hired him for the position. Eric Bischoff had a working relationship with some higher-ups at Fox. So they figured Eric Bischoff could help them out in the early stages of SmackDown moving to Fox. Which is fair. It's understandable. Um, Now, Eric Bischoff, he was the I think executive vice president of WCW at one point. Right. He even came really, really close to buying WCW uh, before McMahon did. Right. And Bischoff had this vision for what WCW could have been. He was actually going to relaunch WCW. He's going to take like so many months off. And then relaunch it with a pay-per-view event entitled The Big Bang. And it was kind of like going to restart WCW. Right. Um, 
And so he has a lot of creative experience. He knows the wrestling business. From what I've read, I read a lot of the same stuff you did. Uh, he wouldn't engage himself with the with the talent, and that kind of hurt. I do, however, think that they pulled the plug too early. Yeah. Because how many weeks now has SmackDown been on Fox? Uh, I, I don't know. Is it was it three weeks? And what did we say earlier? Honeymoon phase. No, that's true. We don't know what SmackDown's going to be yet. So I think that they pulled the trigger too soon. You know, if talent is being rubbed the wrong way by it, then have a meeting saying, um, well, first I would sit down with Bischoff and be like, you know, you're rubbing people the wrong way, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe Bischoff can call a meeting with talent and say, hey, you know, I know I'm like off doing my own thing. My door is always open. You know, kind of open that sure, line of right. But uh, do you listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast with Conrad Thompson called I, 83 Weeks? No, I don't. Okay. Well, when he got fired, it took him a while, but he actually did talk a little bit about it. He said, my feelings right now are, number one, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to work in WWE. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. It clearly didn't work out the way Vince McMahon wanted to work out. But that happens. I'm not taking any of it personally. Professionally, I'm taking a hard look at it and thinking it through. More than anything, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Part of the reason is I am. I had a chance to work with a great team of people. The writing staff of SmackDown in particular, as well as a lot of other writers who were on Raw. They are very, very talented and unbelievably hardworking and dedicated group of people. Just to have the opportunity to work with people like that was worth the experiment. Uh, he also went on to say, I didn't come here thinking I was going to be in WWE for five or ten years. I looked at it as a relatively short-term opportunity, meaning two to three years. I didn't think it would be quite this short-term, but sometimes that happens. WWE is a great company with a defined culture and process. I didn't necessarily fit into it. That's just the way it is. I'm not sad, disappointed, any of those things. I'm just looking forward to the next opportunity, whenever and wherever that may be. So, with all this being said, do you think he'll eventually turn out in AEW? You know, it's a possibility, I guess. I, I, one thing is, with the wrestling business, is they say never say never. I don't know. I mean, if I'm Bischoff, I would be thinking, you know what, maybe I should just chill with the wrestling stuff for a little bit. You know, like, focus on your media company, focus on any kind of other venture you have. Like, I just kind of feel like he needs a, a reset and only jump back into the wrestling stuff if you're fully prepared, like if you've really watched it for a little bit. Now, I will say this much. I think that companies like NWA could very well benefit with Eric Bischoff there. But the problem is, is probably the asking price. I don't think they're going to be willing to pay him what he would probably like to be paid. <laughs> 
but I mean, I'm I'm glad that he's at least taken a high ground stance on it. I, I I'm not saying that we won't see him in wrestling ever again. I think we will, but I think it might be a while till we see him. I think that uh, they should have given him more time. Absolutely. I mean, they just—he's been over on the SmackDown side of things for a couple weeks, like we said, and you got figuring the honeymoon phase because of the the draft happening, and everyone wants to see, you know, how SmackDown's going to be on Fox. Mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff is really creative. He beat Monday Night Raw in the ratings for eighty-three straight weeks thus the name of the podcast how many other people could say they did that one and well not other people but one person can say they did and that's eric bischoff exactly i think he's he's way more smarter in the wrestling world that i think people give him credit for obviously he's a pretty good uh, business mind, but I, I think there's a lot of creative juice in him for wrestling. I just, I, I agree. I just don't think he was a right fit. Like when I when Heyman took over, it was like that makes a lot of sense. When Bischoff took over SmackDown, I thought, oh, I'm excited, but I'm not fully excited for it. Like I was very curious to see how it goes, and the fact that it only ended after three weeks, it was, it's kind of a bummer to me. I was watching an episode of Table for Three. And Bischoff was on there. He was talking about when Vince McMahon announced that he was a general manager for Monday Night Raw. And they asked him when he thought about that role. And Bischoff said, I loved it because I wasn't creative. I was talent. I just show up. They tell me this is what you're doing. This is what we want you to say. This and that. He's like, "Okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. I think as creative and talented as Bischoff is behind the scenes, I think if you put him in front of the camera, that's where he's going to shine. Just as a talent. I think deep down, that's all he really wants. It's just to be in front of the camera. And Yeah, I, I think at this point in his career, he's just kind of over all of that, you know, to where he's just, he's more content with just being a talent. And that's totally understandable. It's an easier role to have. Exactly. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Good. I'm feeling pretty good too. I feel feel good. I've I've been going to the gym a lot more and going one more time this weekend for maybe like an hour, maybe a little bit longer. Loving it. I'm killing it, as the kids say. Yeah, they're not going to say that anymore if you keep saying it. It's probably long dead already. Anyway, if you want to hit the show, the Gmail is prowrestlingpod at gmail.com. Once again, prowrestlingpod at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash prowrestlingpod. Once again, facebook.com slash prowrestlingpod. Twitter page is at prowpodcast. Once again, at prowpodcast. Prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com is your official website. Interviews, blogs, this actual shows on there. Processingpod.blogspot.com. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Anchor. My name is Nick. My name is Matt. We'll see you guys next time. Go Washington! Boo! Time has arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. Boom, boom! 
I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. <laughs> Woo! That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds here. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter. My ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? <laughs>